0: All right, Shana. So it's 2017 and we're still talking about, quote unquote, school vouchers and this issue about whether or not public dollars should go to private and parochial schools. It's banned under the state constitution pretty clearly, and voters soundly rejected that idea in the year 2000 that this money should flow to private schools. But here we are talking about it again. Why are we talking about it and uh, why does it affect the average Michigander?
1: really any time that there is a big constitutional issue, you should really pay attention. While this case might seem small, you know, it's $2.5 million. It's just for a specific purpose for parochial schools. case law is kind of created through little cases, ultimately, you know, making big changes. So depending on what the judge says, it could potentially open the door for, you know, more money going to private schools, you know, more money being distributed in different ways. And that's really something to pay attention to.
0: Yeah, and we've seen, of course, a lot of comments on social media and from our listeners oh, yes. this week about this. I, I spoke with one of our listeners, Patrick O'Brien of Royal Oak, a former parochial school teacher in the area. He makes the case that private schools can serve a public good that is worth state support.
2: Closed Catholic schools, dot the city of Detroit, and they've either become charters or they've become abandoned or they've been sold off. And they were a fabric of the city and, and of all of all cities. I mean, it's undeniable that private schools, Catholic schools, they hold communities together, not just for people that attend them, but they are a social fabric of communities. And when they close, that fabric is loosened and then can be eventually lost, as you see in a lot of parts of the city
0: of Detroit. He says he also sort of comes down in the middle of this, That he doesn't want to see public schools lose support because of this, that it doesn't have to be a zero-sum game, uh, making the point that we need to be having a bigger conversation about whether all schools are funded if we're using that money Mm -hmm. uh, in a wise way and if we've figured out best practices so that every child in the state has a good education no matter what kind of school they attend. Uh, And it seems like he's getting at this bigger issue in Lansing about how divisive these questions get.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, whenever you kind of bring up private schools, public schools in the state, there really are just like lines drawn in the sand and it becomes a very divisive issue. But at least in Lansing, but you know when you start talking to actual you know, people that are affected by this, you know, you talk to the teachers, you talk to the parents, you talk to the students, what they say is really my concern. Our concern is just that our students are taken care of and that they're getting the best education possible. And all of the politics and all of the bickering that's going on in Lansing is white noise to them.
0: So Shana, really quick, uh, where are we at with this lawsuit now? What can we expect to see going forward?
1: Well, it's still actually, even though it's been quite a while since the lawsuit was filed, it's still pretty early when you think of the actual judicial process. Um, There could still be many appeals and motions filed. uh, But what we know about the money itself is that it's been a little over a year and the money has been frozen. Private schools are not allowed to touch. it. It's not allowed to get sent out. And a judge recently said that uh, they're going to hold off on deciding if the state can disperse those funds until August. So really, I mean, it is a wait and see game at this point
0: all right shana well thanks again for joining us and telling us why we should uh, care about what's happening up there in lansing
1: always a pleasure